Hello and welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us for another segment. In this segment, we're going to be speaking with returning guest, Dr. William Hazeltine. He's joining us here as president of Access Health International to talk about his latest book, Science as a Superpower, My Lifelong Fight Against Disease and the Heroes Who Made It Possible, published June of this year, as a matter of fact. Welcome back, Bill. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Neil. Well, for those uh, who may not recognize you as a contributor, give us a bit of your professional background. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. Um, I'm a scientist. I uh, was trained as a uh, chemist and a biophysicist and a molecular biologist. I've had a career in academia at Harvard. I helped create two departments, uh, cancer pharmacology and uh, human retrovirology to work on HIV AIDS. I was a professor for 20 years, taught a lot of uh, brilliant students and trained many uh, scientists myself. I then had a career in biotechnology. At this point, I've started 12 biotech companies. The most well-known of those is called Human Genome Sciences, and we brought uh, all the companies together. We brought about eight drugs to the market. And uh, for the last 15 years, I've been working on health, improving health systems around the world, trying to make sure that everybody has uh, access to high-quality, affordable medical care. You've dedicated your life to healing as many folks as possible through science. Now, your brand new book, Science as a Superpower, what prompted you to write this book? It reads as a children's book. It's uh, intended for uh, young people, 7 mm-hmm. to 15 years old. Okay. Uh, it's a compliment to a book I wrote for older people, uh, uh, sort of an official autobiography called My Lifelong Fight Against Disease. Um, but the reason is to give back some of what was given to me. Uh, I've been fortunate to have wonderful mentors from the time I was quite young uh, until all the way through my professional career. And the ones that were most important to me are the ones that encouraged me to take up a life in science and in medicine. And I'm very happy I did. I've had a, a great life. It's uh, a, a wonderful career for young people, science and uh, medicine and medical science. And I thought I'd give back a little by trying to encourage a younger generation to take up what can be a really wonderful, exciting career and uh, life. Talking about the younger generation, very impressionable minds, seven years old to to 15. And if that age group has been watching the news and, and social media in any capacity, then science could quite possibly not be viewed as a super at all. There's lots of misinformation, um, lots of unscientific uh, information out there. Well, I would, uh, you know, I would hope the kids would take a, a different take. Mm-hmm. The way I call it a superpower is one person can save the world. Uh, one scientist who's made the right discovery can save hundreds of millions of lives. And that's a superpower. How many other careers can you think of where one person in their own mind and their own discoveries can save the world. It's what superpowers are meant to do, save us all. And let's just take a look at who created one of the most effective vaccines of all time. A young woman, Kizmi Corbett, who is working in the National Institute of Health, got the information from the Chinese about the genome of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, and over a weekend created what is the Moderna vaccine. That and a very similar vaccine will save hundreds of millions of lives. Wow. Young woman working over a weekend, having trained her life to do this kind of work. 
She's the kind of superhero I have in mind. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned that uh, going into medicine, science, research is a great career for young people to pursue. What does it take to pursue that type of, of a career? You've been in it for quite a while. Um, what do you have to be made of? Well, you know, I, I don't think you have to be made of anything really special. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks you have to be a genius to be a scientist. I'm not a genius, and I've done really well. I'm smart. But then, you know, there are a lot of smart people. Mm-hmm. And what it really takes is drive and desire. You really have to have a desire and a drive to do something unusual. And I always wanted to heal people. You know, when I was a kid, I thought it was really unfair that people get sick. I was subjected to the same thing kids are today, for example, with restrictions over polio. I couldn't go out with my friends. I couldn't go to movie theaters. All these things I couldn't do. Fortunately, the discovery of the polio vaccine Mm -hmm. by a man I later came to know, Jonas Salk, changed all of that. So here's another example of one person changing the world, changing my own personal life. And even earlier, my mom tells me I was about to die of pneumonia when I was four months old. And I was one of the very first American civilians to get penicillin. And that saved my life. And that was Alexander Fleming, who made an observation that penicillin, bread milk, made something to kill bacteria. That subsequently has helped save hundreds of millions of lives, including my own. So it takes the desire to do good. Mm -hmm. It takes curiosity. But, you know, how many kids have a desire to do good and curiosity? What's important is to open the doors for them, to create pathways. Every step along my education and my young career, people just opened the doors. Sputnik had gone up. People wanted scientists. Today, COVID, people want scientists. There's money flowing into science like never before. When I was a graduate student, people paid my way. When I was a young scientist, there were new grants available. So all the doors were opened. And so it's older people's job to open the doors for younger people But younger people have to walk through it, and they want curiosity and drive and a desire to do good. Talking to the younger generation about these vaccines, about science, as far as convincing young people to do or not do something, your book doesn't uh, politicize or anything like that in any shape, form, or fashion. It simply lays out the argument that science changes the world. Well, it's also a career that's open to anybody who wants to be part of it. You know, when I was a young scientist, almost all the people in science were young men. Today, the majority are young women. Mm -hmm. More young women are in science than young men. When I was a young guy, it was almost all white guys. Today, it's people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Hispanic, and uh, Asian, uh, black, women, men. It's just the whole world is transformed. I think it's a very positive thing. It's a career that judges you on what you do, not who you are. Do you think that your book will combat some of the misinformation that's out there that some of our young people are seeing on television and on social media? You know, combating misinformation is a huge task. I don't know if this book will do it, but what I hope this book can do to many young people is a lifeline. If they're feeling like, they're lost, they need to do something, they're not doing so well, buckle down and open your eyes, look at what science can do. You know, I almost failed fourth grade 
I was had a lot of problems in my family. I was really depressed. I I can tell, look back, I was really sort of shut down and depressed, almost failing. And it, when I started fifth grade, I started to read. I realized that there was a whole other world for me. And it just kept opening up and getting better and better. So science is a lifeline for kids in trouble as well. Uh, I can pull them right out and uh, open open a wonderful path for the future. And my future, by the way, has gone through academia, business, philanthropy. I met people all over the world from all walks of life, trained. You know, they're now my scientific grandchildren making big discoveries about COVID, and I'm in great. touch with them. Great. It's, great. A, it's a life that you just, it just keeps on giving. Well, my grand scientists, my, my real grandchildren are too young to do that. I'm hopeful. I uh, keep nudging them in that direction. But uh, my scientific grandchildren okay. are doing spectacularly well. It's just so wonderful to see. And the great thing about it is I'm in touch with them, and we share ideas, and they give me ideas, I give them ideas. It's a wonderful exchange. Science as a superpower, my lifelong fight against disease and the heroes who made it possible. Give us a website where we can learn more about you and uh, get some information about the book as well. WilliamHaseltine.com. That's spelled H-A-S-E-L-T-I-N-E, WilliamHaseltine.com. Bill, always a pleasure, and I'm hoping that you'll uh, come back and speak with us again in the future. Neil, I'll be happy to do it anytime. Great. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with returning guest, Dr. William Hazeltine. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download at SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio.